Oh, hey folks, I'm back. I made it back just in time, just for you guys. Neither sleet, nor snow, nor wind of rain. Rain? Wind of rain? That's not a thing. Right, whatever. Regardless, folks, I'm back, and it's the Unicast, episode 296. We are joined this week by recurring guest, longtime friend, the man behind the Against the Algorithm podcast, Malik Gale, joining us this week to talk about his upcoming season six uh, also this week, I'll break down my exciting trip out to the Midwest. Uh, we'll talk about COVID numbers, uh, the passing of Rush Limbaugh, talk about Ted Cruz in Texas. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Kanye West and the saddest news of the week, the breakup of Daft Punk. How? Ah! ah all this, folks. Oh, I'm so overtired. It's insane. All this, folks, and so much more. Uh, as always, we are happy to have you here for another episode of The folks to what will assuredly be the loosest episode of the show this year uh i am this year so far so far Mm -hmm. so far uh yeah i'm back back from the midwest Mm -hmm. deep in illinois country had a great time out Mm -hmm. in illinois it's your boy sam famolaro joined as always by kevin sullivan here i am steadfast in my resolve (laughs) kev how was your uh how was your week at home in solitude it was great i was gonna say yeah it was great it was great (laughs) Just enjoying mm-hmm. the quiet and the solitude. I'm sure it was I mean, excellent. That cat was going crazy. Oh, I know. I know. I noticed like, it took him about 10 minutes to realize that I was back last night, I think. But he was real excited to see me. Old Charles the cat. Uh, yeah, it was... Um, I mean, I missed all my lads here at the house. Charles the cat, you and all our pals who come visit us. But yeah, it was it was really nice to get away for a week, honestly. It was also, on my end, I was happy to uh, do do something different. Just mm. to get out of my rut that I feel like I'd sort of been in. Yeah. I left my yoga mat there, though. The one thing I left in Chicago. I knew I was going to leave something. Brought your yoga mat. I did yoga in Chicago. Mm, and then left Chicago my, yoga. And then left my yoga mat uh, in Chicago. Mm. Uh, shout out to my sister, who was um, very gracious. And very, uh, you know, she took great care of me while I was out there. Helped her out a little bit at her job out there. Mm-hmm. Did some work out there. The one thing I will say is that she was supposed to be on the pod. I was right. supposed to do. I brought all the stuff out there, mm-hmm. and then the <laughs> thrown under the bus. The morning that we were supposed to do it, we were like having coffee and watching like the SNL from the night earlier, whatever it was, or maybe we were watching something. I forget what it was, but I was like, "So if you want like twenty minutes, if you can, we can do this like right now." And she was not interested. Mm. The last minute, she's like, "No, nah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't have anything to say." So she bailed out. But mm. uh, it's a shame because she would have been great. She wasn't feeling very confident early in the morning. But that's all right. Uh, so I brought in our good friend Malik Gale, who's starting their sixth season of Against the Algorithm coming up anyway. So mm. it's a good time to have him back. So I'm happy to have him on the pod this week once again. A uh, couple Chicago-related things on the way I want to discuss with you. Some okay. things I did that, that I've never really done before. A lot of new stuff. One, this is going to sound weird. First time I've ever successfully rented a car by myself. Sounds weird. No, that makes sense. Yeah. When do you rent a car? How often do I rent a car? Yeah. Rented a car instead of taking my crummy car that has no cruise control. Man, 
That was the right call. Oh yeah, that was always going to be the right call. <laughs> it was always that was always going to be the right call. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my car certainly would have made it to Chicago, of course, but I would yeah. have had a terrible time. I should keep saying Chicago. My sister doesn't live in Chicago. My no, sister. I know. It's just, but it's easy. It's it's just like anything. Like when people, you know what I mean? It's like everybody from outside New York thinks the whole state is New York City. It's true. My sister lives in Joliet, which is the third largest city in uh, in Illinois. I, what I didn't realize about Joliet, and this, I guess it's just me being like a, like a homer, it's way bigger than Utica. For whatever reason, I assume yeah. Joliet was smaller than you. It is not. There's like 160,000 people in Joliet. Yeah, yeah you're your goddamn mind. It's, it's more like there. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. At least, yeah, yeah. At least. Uh, nice time out there. Uh, and I'll say the other thing, too. So I, I noticed a couple things while I was out there. I don't know if this is just a Midwest thing. You know how sometimes when we're watching like TV late at night, we'll see like commercials for like fast food restaurants that we don't have? Yeah. Sonic, Popeyes. Sure. Yo, you... Every fast food restaurant you've ever heard of exists in the Midwest, and they're all next to each other oh, all the, the time. Oh, my God, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other roundabout is that I had Chick-fil-A for the first time in my entire life. Another mm-hmm. first thing I've ever done. And I got to say, it certainly didn't live up to the hype, because how could it? How could it possibly? Yeah. I but mean, it... people getting breathless about fast food establishments <laughs> got fucking <laughs> side sidebars anyway. But I will say... It is a very, very, very tasty fast food chicken sandwich for what mm. it is. Like, it's it's certainly the best one I've ever had. I've never mm. had this Popeye's one. So for right now, uh, the Jesus chicken sandwich is the best one. Mm. Pretty good. I don't know if it's all the hate that's inside of it that makes it so tasty. Must but, be. I mean, that factory farmed hate. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, too? I felt really bad because all the... It, I've never seen a restaurant work like this. You ever, have you been to a Chick-fil-A ever? No. So it's not exactly what like, you get into the drive-through line and it's always full, always like thirty cars deep, mm-hmm. all the time, any day of the week that it's open. It's insane, and it's not like a typical fast food restaurant. Like you walk up and they're like taking your order outside on a iPad and then moving along and then you pay and then you move along to the food pickup section, and then you just like wait for them to deliver. It's very strange. They almost mm-hmm. walk it out to you. And the people, the kids who worked there, I felt really bad for them because they were swamped mm. and they were stressed out. And I was like, this seems like the worst job to have. If you're like a teenager working like a fast food job, this is a job I would walk out of. This is like the kind of job that, and I imagine a lot of those kids do. Just being like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I'm leaving this place. Yeah, a lot of tough gigs out there in the fast food world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was it. Uh, and then the last thing, this is not the first time I've ever had this, uh, but I had it while I was out in Chicago. Uh, I was out in Juliet. Do you like boba tea? Uh, it's fine. My sister was, like, breathless for it. She was so excited to go get boba tea. And I was trying to be, you know, I'm trying to, I, I try and taste everything. Right? Sure. I try and be open-minded. And she and she's telling me, she's like, you know, the boba, the, the pearl, tapioca pearls don't taste like anything. They mm-hmm. do. They taste like something. It's a little bit like licorice, and I don't like it in my drink. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice the licorice. I've never noticed licorice taste. I felt it. like yeah, it. It just, it just seems fine. It seems like a gimmick. It feels a little gimmicky. People get excited about a gimmick. <laughs> People do get excited about a gimmick. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't love it the way I wanted to. I don't no. know. No. And someone's going to get on me. And I got, like, some sort of weird smoothie one. So before people ask me what it, I didn't get, like, some crazy milk tea or anything like that. Maybe that's what I should have done. Just, like, really leaned into it and got, like, some real fringe item off the menu. I got, like, a real baseline boba tea. I think it was, like, orange. Mm, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm out of my depth there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, also, shout out to the restaurant I went out to in Chicago. I've talked about. Y- y'all should look this lady up. Uh, her name is Stephanie Izzard. Stephanie Izzard won Top Chef Chicago 
which is season four. So if you want to mm-hmm. go back and watch it, it's on Bravo or whatever it's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's friends with my sister, not to do like the humble brag thing, but they've been good friends for a long time. Uh, so we went to her restaurant mm-hmm. in Chicago over the weekend. It is called Duck Duck Goat. Duck, mm. duck, goat. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's an incredible name. Uh, it's out in Chicago. It's like Asian Asian fusion style. Uh, look up the rest. Look up the menu. DuckDuckGoatChicago.com. It's unreal. I'll give you... I, I won't read everything we got off the menu, but we got something called... I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Hong Shao Ryo, mm. which is red braised pork belly with uh, mandarin pickle... Uh, mandarin pancakes and assorted pickles. Maybe the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Just mm. delicious, fatty braised pork belly in this really savory umami sauce. It's always sauce. interesting oh, when you're, when you're at like a nice restaurant or a place where you start contemplating like, yo, this, what I'm eating here with this restaurant has served me is up there for the greatest plates I've ever been presented in my life. My sister laughed at me because I ate a bite of it and uh, I just went, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't even, I couldn't even like comprehend like, a, mm-hmm. like how good it was. I just had to swear. It was the yeah. only way I could comprehend how tasty it was. Uh, also, shout out to the uh, wood-fired char siu barbecue ribs, which were very good, uh, and the goat slap noodles, which were crazy spicy but super delicious. Goat mm. slap noodles, delightful. Uh, so yeah, good stuff on there. And then also, you know, we own a container park. We're, we're contained with this Handshake City. Go to handshakecity.com to support the Be a Neighbor Fund, by the way. Mm. Uh, but we know a thing or two about you know using storage containers and other means. So when I was out in Chicago when we were driving through the city. I saw they had this new startup out there, which is, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts on this. It was this three sort of shipping containers set up in the city, just on a, on a street, and they were personal gyms, like little individual gym pods. You could go, like, work out in the storage container by yourself. Huh. So what I don't are your, hate what, it. I don't hate it. Don't hate it. That's not bad. I couldn't. It seems like it might be. I mean, I'm look. I'm six foot five. It seems like being in a shipping container trying to do, you know what I mean? Like big motions yeah, yeah. might not be. You know, I've walked through those those containers on Handshake City a bunch of times, and there's plenty of room in there. But like, also, I'm not trying to. Be, I'm not doing jumping jacks. Certainly, uh, I notice. I, I was I was curious. You have to book it like online, right? Yeah, of in like times, mm-hmm. and also it wouldn't tell you how much it was. Which makes me wonder how expensive it is to get like thirty minutes or whatever an hour in the old gym pod. Suspicious, right? I'm always suspicious of anybody and anything that refuses to just show you a price and makes you like dig through a couple layers to find out how much something costs. Yeah, it makes it feel like they're hiding something. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you on But interesting. May I pitch that to Justin when I see him? Uh, workout pod for the for the storage mm. container because working out in our handshake city would kind of be like a Rocky movie. Right? Those containers, we'd hang like uh, meat in them and start punching it. You just got to we... turn the warehouse into an underground gym. Underground. We well, can't do a fight club because of the COVID stuff right now. So Nobody's look... a fight club. I... Well, you can't talk about it even if you did mean it. Um, well, <laughs> let's move on to <laughs> handshakecity.com. Be a neighbor fund. Support it's handshake.city. <laughs> handshake.city. That's right. Was I said? All right. Uh, so that's it. I have, uh, that was the end of my uh, rants about. That's your Midwest recap. Midwest recap. Uh, also, I have to, I guess I should talk about this though. I did drive in during that snowstorm we got. The one that we're going to talk about later with Texas stuff. Man, that was a harrowing last hour. Because when you're... I don't know if anyone who's listening out there has ever gone to the Midwest. You have to drive to get through Chicago to Joliet. You have to take I-80 West, Mm -hmm. which is a five-lane highway. And it was snowing so fast that the lanes had vanished. So essentially, you just had a big 
snowy track. Mm. And man, it was, I swear to God, you ever see, you all have seen Mad Max Fury Road, right? <laughs> I was waiting for some guy Maybe to you get... you haven't, turn off this podcast. Seriously, turn it off, <laughs> go, go find Mad Max Fury Road, rejoin us. It felt like that scene in Mad Max Fury Road. I was waiting for one of the truckers to get out on top with a guitar mm. and start spraying fire out of it. It was, yeah. it was madness. Madness. Uh, really, really harrowing stuff. And I, I swear to God, I didn't give enough credit to the, the traction on that Volkswagen that I rented. That was the other thing I was going to bring up. I think they upped my rental. Because mm. I think I said, like, Hyundai Elantra or similar. And I got to mm. tell you, I don't think Volkswagen Jetta is similar to Hyundai Elantra. Am I being carist? Am I being brandist? Uh, it might be in the same, like, tier as far as sizes go, but it's definitely probably the upgraded option. But if they didn't have any of the Elantras in stock, they've got to get you... For the size range, if it's probably right. like the like compact or whatever you call it, that's probably their smallest one. I don't know. I didn't do con. I didn't. Con- I didn't do compact. I did the. What's the third one up? There's like compact, economy, and then the one above that. I didn't want to go cheapo. I went. Yeah. <laughs> I went relative size. Mid-size. So it's mid-size. a mid-size sedan. It's a mid-size yeah. sedan. Jetta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I thought I was like, oh, Volkswagen Jetta that feels a little bougie. Shout out to Aaron Higgins. She said she's a Volkswagen person. Oh yeah. You know a lot of Volkswagen people. This might be the first time I've ever driven a Volkswagen. Really? Yeah, I don't know who else would... No one I know has That's one. Fair. No one ever... Pretty nice. Nice yeah. little ride, the Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. I guess they're expensive to repair. That was what I was looking up. Because I'm getting to the end of this car, I think. Not mm-hmm. the end of this car, but I only have so much left to pay off, so maybe I'm starting to think about car time. Yeah, maybe definitely. a new car. You, I mean, you would be a great candidate for a lease. You don't drive a ton. You know what I mean? Mm. Really... Like even though you took this long trip here, like you don't put you don't put twelve thousand miles a year on a car. Well, we talked about it before. I think I'm in the minority too because I don't as I feel like as a dude I should have like a car that I like idolize. Like dudes I know love cars and trucks and stuff, and I feel like I'm kind of ambivalent yeah, to cars. Who love cars, yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to have a nice vehicle, and I've got my preferences, but I'm not like a gearhead in any way. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's not like when people are like, "What's your dream car?" I'm like, I don't know one that's paid for. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, so I guess my thought isn't like I don't have like some signature like oh I want a '64 Mustang convert like I I've never had like a dream car or something mm. that like calls me that I'm like saving up for or anything. So yeah, yeah. I guess guitars were that for us. Like I'd rather have like some crazy guitar I think than a crazy car. Yeah, well I mean I think I think most reasonable adults are just purchasing cars as like tools to live the day to day life. I don't think like every man out there is like. Oh, the only reason I got this Camry is because I haven't saved up enough yet for my 70 GTO that's coming. You know what I mean? Like, that. yeah, that stuff would be nice, but I've never had the money or the interest to be a car hobbyist or, like, a motor enthusiast like that, really. Uh, let's blast through the, the stuff that I guess is serious news of the week. Uh, start off with some COVID stuff. Uh, all major indicators is from the Atlantic. Uh, are that COVID-19 transmissions in the United States uh, are continuing to fall rapidly. Weekly new cases have fallen from 1.7 million at their peak in early January to fewer than 600,000 this week. And cases have declined in every state. Do you chalk this up just to seeing a lot more people getting vaccines out yeah. there now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I know both my parents have gotten it. They're pretty pleased. You know yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, good stuff. Good to see it. Um, and I gotta say, even as I was going through all these states in the Midwest, for the most part, I really didn't see too many people skirting, uh, mask laws, even in places where I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Indiana. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And I never really, yeah, I, I feel like even in places where I wasn't expecting it, where I was still seeing like Trump 2024 signs, I was seeing people wearing masks, which was uh, optimistic, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 
I feel like I don't fall in any particular category, so I can't imagine when I'll be close enough to get, like, a vaccine. Do you sooner, know what I mean? Sooner than you think. I'm hoping. I'm sooner hoping. than you think. I was reading, too, about a lot of people who just, like, go down to, like, Walgreens and stuff and see if people missed their doses. Do you know what I mean? Like, waiting around, because they have to use them. They can't just throw the vaccines away. I didn't know they were doing it well, not I don't know if this Walgreens, but like on a oh. national level, like places that do them, you yeah. have to use the vaccines or you, you throw them away. So if yeah. you apparently hang around some of these places before they close, they might be like, we have a couple left over. Well, I think the true word of advice to, to anybody would be don't just assume that you can't get it. Mm-hmm. Give, give a call and find out because you might be able to because yeah. you are right about that. Like they need to, they're trying mm-hmm. to get people in there. Yeah. And there are things that come up, cancellations, extra spots, exactly. things like that. So it never hurts to call and find out. Don't just assume that like, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. I guess I probably could. Don't assume that. Call them and find out. Um, we can uh, let's get to Rush Limbaugh, which happened earlier. Rush Limbaugh died earlier this week. He sure did. Uh, you know, did you have any overlying memories like Rush Limbaugh from childhood? Oh, my entire life. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. I listened to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. in my life, uh, both in the car, like growing up when I was younger. Um, yeah, I heard it from my grandfather. Not, he didn't like him, but it was on anyway. Right. You know what I mean? So my, no, my dad was the same way, actually. My dad was the exact same way. He wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? He didn't like him. It was, it's, it was kind of like Game in Town. Yeah. On AM radio. Yeah. Um, and then even in years afterwards, just to monitor what was going on, I mean, you know, you're, you're never specifically happy that somebody died. You don't celebrate the personal right. loss that some people feel in their lives, whether good or bad people. That's wasted energy to just be like, ha ha, I'm happy somebody's mm-hmm. dead. I don't begrudge somebody that if that's the reaction, but I am happy that he's no longer contributing all the the straight up poison and really abject evil that he was spitting out every single day. And as somebody who's listened to so much of it, if you haven't and you think that it's just like all oh, the fake news or like some article or out of context, no, it, it really it's like some of the most consistently evil shit yeah. I've ever heard yeah. coming out of anywhere day after day after day and just like gross stuff. Um, I think there are two places I've listened to that did really excellent reviews and recaps of like his career and also some of the, the, you know, the controversial stuff not steering away from the press box pod was like 37 minutes did a really good rundown and the New York uh, the daily the daily podcast did one as well mm. but the one that stuck in my mind is a couple things that they said in the press box one I just want to hear what your thoughts are do you th- he opened the door for Trump right like he set the pathway for a guy like Trump with just the idea of being this character I'm gonna say what everyone else is thinking but too afraid to say right that's the character that's the angle i am this truth teller only i like have the answers everyone else is lying to you i'm gonna say what no one else is willing you're all thinking it but i'm the one who's gonna say it yeah he's certainly i mean although you can't ever put it all on one person's plate he's got uh, a lion's share of the responsibility much like with like many bands you know what i mean like he's definitely like the beatles or rolling stones of that right yeah that's yeah yeah yeah. so i I wonder for sure absolutely because i think you look at a guy like limbaugh and you see a lot of even today politicians like this is a good angle for me to take right Mm -hmm. just follow this pathway you know, well, he, he's very responsible for it becoming a thing. I mean, this is a guy who used to play, you know, celebratory music on his show while he was laughing and celebrating gay folks' names that were dying of AIDS. And he'd read their name and be like, ha-ha, this, like, this slur gay guy just died from AIDS this week playing celebration music. This is the guy out here saying all sorts of wild stuff 
about women and different things. He's one of these people who made it okay mm-hmm. or made it, you know, more comfortable for people to lean into opinions like that. And it's, you know, he he bears a lot of the responsibility for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yet again, if you want to dig a deep dive into all of this, there's a couple of places you can go that'll do a better job than mm-hmm. us. But I think that's, that's a good place to... Well, I think there's also something quick to be said about, you know, you have to give credit to the, what, the platform of AM radio. And when he mm-hmm. started and came on... And the way the AM radio works, where it's just, I mean, it's these guys, unadulterated, just him talking to a mic for three hours, five days a week, and they play the clip show on the weekends. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's such a fire hose of this sludge that, like, you got guys who listen to that every day when they're at work, or every day in the car, on the way to and from, or guys in the truck, whatever it is. Why do you think the left doesn't really have their own version? I mean, John Stewart, I guess, was as close as we had for the Daily Show, but that wasn't the radio. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, why? Why is it that there hasn't? I wonder. I don't have an answer. I'm not like I, I'm just sort of. It's a rhetorical question. I can't. I can't answer why there hasn't been some sort of left side version of Limbaugh who's been successful over the years. And I wonder if there's a reason. I mean, who who really that you would call if if you would call it the left has been super successful? Mark Marin in the. <laughs> Do you, know yeah. I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, there's like I don't know who else it would. A lot of people. I don't, I don't think there's any. There's not any demographic for that. There's no. Yeah, audience. I mean, you trying could, to reach. You could go to like a Sam Cedar, like the Majority Report. That's a podcast. Yeah, a lot no, of, that's you know all. I mean? That's all. That's none of that's the same. Yeah. Any David Pakman. That's podcast. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of the left side of it went to podcasting. You can find a lot of like left leaning podcasts, but there's nobody's nobody's putting money in to make it. Right. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, yes, yeah, you want to talk about Ted Cruz? Everyone's been, everyone's been talking about Ted Cruz this week. Uh, this this one was coming out from three hours ago. Uh, it turns out that he also had plans to bring Republican Michael McCall uh, with him to Cancun, who's his former college roommate. Who mm. so, <laughs> tripped down to Cancun, baby? <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is this is the worst optics ever, right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, ever is hyperbole, but. Oh yeah, sure, certainly. Uh, I think though, it, and you know, we've talked we talked about it a little bit last night. You open the door for other people to step in and get good press. Like I feel like the like you know, it just seems like such an easy layup, an easy dunk layup, easy layup, bro. Put your boots on, get your parka on, get some government driver in like an SUV with four wheel drive to take you out there. And I mean, it's it's the for a guy who's been under so much bad press for you know it being one of the leaders of the insurrectionist caucus, all this different stuff. It would be so. There's nobody on this man's team who was like, <laughs> go down to Houston, go down to Austin. Who works for these people? Well, I there was s- nobody who's like, hey, senator, listen, this would be an all time great time for you to go have a layup in the press. I wonder if he even didn't even run it by anybody. Seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't think to run it, even by his staff, if he just like let's let's go. Let's I mean, go. you have to tell people if you're going. I suppose. Yeah, like, oh, you're hey, right. I left yeah. today. You know what I mean? Like these people work for you or at the office. Mm-hmm. They have to know like where. There's somebody who knows people on chief of staff, people who are advisors, different things like that. Uh, on, by Sunday night, by the way, uh, Alexa, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez had just raised her five hundred millionth, uh, millionth dollar to help Texas. So again, her oh, five mi- five hundred million. I'm sorry, five million. I'm sorry, five million dollars she's raised uh, for Texas uh, since the start of this. Mm-hmm. Again, bad optics allows the door for people to come in and do the work that you should have been doing for you, <laughs> right? Like Beto also been all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean. Man, just 
Like, uh, this is like an unforced error in tennis. <laughs> just hitting it right into the net instead of... It's, I, I mean, it further underscores, you know, people will show you. People will show you what the priorities are. Uh, can we talk about... This is probably an old story by now. Can we talk about the Texas mayor who resigned earlier this week? Tim Boyd of Colorado City. Mm. Uh, mayor of Texas resigned... Or this Mayor of the Texas City resigned this week after telling people it was their own fault if they suffered from the vast loss of electricity in the state. Uh, he accused constituents of looking for a handout... And he encourages residents with no water to, quote, think outside the box to survive. <laughs> bold. A Unbelievable. Bold, a bold play, Cotton. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here's, I, I'm sorry. I got to give you this one. Quote, no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a handout. Dear God. <laughs> Again, no one on your staff to say, hey, can you look over this and see if I should post it directly to my Facebook no, page? No, I mean, people like this, though, this is different. This, yeah, this guy Texas, doesn't have the yeah. staff of a United States yeah. senator, but, like, the, I mean, this guy's just, a, this goes to show who's getting elected to places like this. Like, how far, I, it's just, yeah. Wild. I don't know, man. I just, how do you, I don't know, man. You need good people running some of these places. You need just better candidates, better people, people who care about supporting their community. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how. I mean, it seems like there. I guess you know what it is, because who, because who wants to? Who would want the job? Who wants? You know what I mean? Like, what, what reasonable, decent, like responsible human being with like a nice, happy, like quiet life and a family wants the no. job of going out to do some of these things? No, I'm totally. I think that's part of what it becomes. You know, I think about how many people you know that would be good to run for like local or regional state office. Oh yeah. Who are like, oh, I would never. You know would what I mean? Never like, do. Oh, it. I don't. Who wants it? It seems like a hassle. Screen. It sure does. <laughs> seems like a pain in the ass. Uh, okay, so this is one. I saw this one earlier this week. Uh, is our loser of the week. Uh, his name is Newsmax host Greg Kelly, mm. uh, who decided this week that they've run out of material to, att- <laughs> to attack Joe Biden for. So they went after uh, his dog, his German shepherd champ, mm. calling it, it looks gross and rough, saying it needs a bath and a comb. I feel like it's, I'm just going to throw this out here. People, in general, like animals more than they like humans. Yes. <laughs> I just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure that that was his angle anyway, right? To, to rile people up. But I feel like it's never a good call to go after an animal. Because people love animals. Watch any horror movie with any human being. No one cares when a human mm-hmm. gets killed. They get sad if you kill the dog, though. Mm-hmm. Can't go after a dog. It's bad. <laughs> Terrible mm-hmm. Oh, man, the worst. Especially this good-looking boy. He's a handsome-looking boy. I love a German Shepherd, so... Yeah, it was a handsome dog. I don't know. See, I think these people have underestimated... Um, I think they got a little comfortable because it was so easy to attack the black guy and the woman for so long. <laughs> yeah. I think they kind of underestimated how hard it's going to be for them to use the normal playbook that they've gotten accustomed to with, yeah. like with Biden, who's, you know, think what you will. I mean, if anything... You know, people think he's a little milk toast, but like he's about as inoffensive as oh, it's this man's dog. Like, ah, oh, that's really that's the angle. That's where we are. Uh, Seems like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for ideas. Speaking of Joe Biden, uh, U.S. is back in the Paris Climate Accord uh, just 107 days after it left. Uh, this is from the Guardian. While Friday's return is heavily symbolic, world leaders say the uh, this they expect the U.S. to prove its seriousness after four years of being mostly absent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good stuff. I like those. Uh, uh, what do you call those? Checks, though. You can get us out to us a little faster. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
that's uh, that's more than enough. I'm still burned. My head is killing me. The Stewart's coffee's helping though. I gotta. I love Stewart's coffee. Good stuff. Are we? They should give us money for saying that. That so, was really natural. That was like, was that organic advertising? I, native so advertising. Stewart, yeah. shout oh. me out. I'll tell you because I the coffee is good. It's good coffee, man. Mm-mm. All right, <laughs> so let's get to this week's guest. Uh, our good friend Maliki, I gotta look up what number this is, but he's gotta be past the four or five timers club now. He's getting, he's up, getting there, up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their sixth season of the Against the Algorithm podcast mm-hmm. is uh, is starting up soon, so we're happy to talk to him about that. Plus, I saw a bit about uh, musicians who have the most range, so we're gonna talk a bit about that. I saw some interesting numbers on there to go over. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all right, so Malik, in just a second, we'll be back to the show. What's up, boss? Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, dude. I'm so... No, no. You're all good. You're all good. I'm such a mess, dude. Uh, I don't know the last... I, I had to drive in last night for my... I've been in Illinois for like the last five days helping out my sister at her, okay. at her gig. Uh, so I drove in yesterday. Uh, I drove like 9 a.m. It's like a it's like a 12-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, so I got in last night. Maybe like like nine thirty. I fell asleep. I still hadn't even like I haven't even unpacked my stuff yet. I just <laughs> I woke up this morning and just immediately started podcasting. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on because as I mentioned to our listeners, my initial plan was I was out in Chicago helping my sister with her gig, and she was supposed to come on and like uh, and give me like a little podcast, and then uh, she got cold feet the last minute. So Your I had there was the one who bailed on you. Oh, cold that's feet. cold. That's cold. No, no, no. I, I'm not. She's been on the show before. Okay. It was definitely like a bad time to do it. And it was the only time I could have done it. Right. It was early oh, in the morning. Man. We were tired. We'd just been out the night before. So it's fine. Uh, <laughs> she's the best. She put me up. I have no complaints about her, but I appreciate you coming in. Cause I did. I, I was going to reach out to you anyway. Cause you said, I've been seeing you getting excited for your sixth season. Of yeah. the algorithm podcast, which is, I don't know exactly when you're coming back or when you're ready, but six seasons, it's impressive. I mean, I was going to announce it on Friday, this upcoming Friday, but I can do it here if you want. Um, listen, I'll, I'll drop a fucking exclusive. <laughs> and here's here's the Eda cast like curse mouth coming back every single time. Um, <laughs> it's coming back March 5th. March 5th. Very nice. So March 5th is the date. And also, funnily enough, I can show you this. I'm, since we're on Zoom, I can show you the screen. Sorry. Oh, you disabled screen share. Never mind. Um, Did I? I can put it yeah, on. Sure. But um, I have the production schedule for the season. And it is... This one's been exciting because it's so many guests already kind of like locked in. The first episode's final, like is actually like almost done. Like edited, um, recorded the intro and outro. All I need to do is hop it, pop it into our editing software and just send it out. And it's done. That's amazing. So 
how many uh how many have you already decided how many episodes like how long the layout's going to be so right now as it currently stands 12 12 episodes. the goal is to drop 12 um so looking at it right now we're gonna have about um we're gonna end the season around the end of june june so we'll we won't be here for the summer but the cool thing is we're gonna have a two-year anniversary around that time Right. I have no idea what I'm gonna do for it. <laughs> um, don't ask me, dude. I don't put pressure on anybody to do that. For years, I was very adamant that I was gonna do like I'm doing special up. Ep- I used to do. I used to get made fun of by Kevin and Heather and the original host Aaron for being like every episode's like a special episode. They're not. Oh no. A very uh, so special like, episode. I our third our three hundredth episode is like four away, and I plan on doing nothing. Like it's me. <laughs> It, it means nothing. The three, then it's just a round number. Oh, I'll just pick like the Simpsons. I'll just pick like a random number one day and do like the 336th episode spectacular or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad you've been, you've been keeping doing it. I wasn't sure how, uh, where you were, or your head was at with that initially last so, time we spoke. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot happened around that time. So yeah. my computer has been on its very last legs, to be honest with you. It's hmm. like, re- it's not doing so hot at all. So, I mean, I was losing episodes. It was like editing was becoming like hours, an hour long chore was a nightmare. Mm. So it was just was getting, it was just getting to the point where I didn't know if it was going to be, I needed to find a way to like take a pause and really restructure that. And then also on the other, on the good side is I started a new job. Oh, nice. So between that, like getting accustomed to like working on that new job and then saying, hey, this computer is cutting out major chunks of time you could see why a break had to happen there oh yeah i mean i've been i i laugh about it all the time i think every episode of the show i do at least one percent of my brain goes that's it this is the last one i'm done after this i don't i'm never doing another one again uh but that's maybe just because i've been like awake too long today and i've i'm like i i feel like this entire kevin's gonna make fun of me i feel like this entire episode got is like away from me. I've lost my whole train of thought on this trip. Uh, I'll, I'll get off that. So season six, you're hoping March 5th. I'm really excited, obviously, on all platforms. Um, what do you, have you done? Uh, have you changed the format in any particular way? Is there anything new that you've tried to do this year or anything you'd like to expand on? So, I mean, I've started on season five, mm-hmm. but I didn't really go full on. But for the most part, except the first one, because I forgot to ask like a stupid person, every single person is everyone's music is going to be at the end of the episode so it's something that we were playing around with um something i'm really excited is that some of these episodes are going to be timed with releases so some people's records will be dropping on the same day as their episode so it's a cool really exciting thing we did that with um he's on scene they're really amazing so having a fun like the fun little hype around like hey the record's out like here a fun little conversation I know, looking at it right now, we have two. Um, I'll give some names out. Dog Trainer is a really cool band that we have on. Um, they have a song called 2019, which is just a really chill song. Um, the hook went, was it? 2020 was the worst year ever, but 2019 wasn't so good either. <laughs> so like I had, they, they have been pretty cool. Um, yeah. Someone I'm talking to actually this Friday is Evan mm. Stanley, um, mm. Boston kid. Really? Yeah. And 
I don't know what happened I, or why I'm such in such a chill mood. It's probably because I haven't talked about it so much. <laughs> I've been like, I'm going to keep this all secret. And now I'm just like, just casually telling you everything. I'm like, I won't talk about the episode number. I literally recorded it in the episode saying, hey, I won't talk about how many episodes are going to be in the season. And then uh, two hours later, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm playing for 12. Oh. <laughs> I can cut all of it out if you want. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Listen, I, I already said it. I already said it. Listen, listen, I'm not diving patty or whatever their name is. Yeah, I also think you're, I think you overestimate what kind of reach my show has in terms of people who are going to be like, oh, that's it. It's all over now. I have, now I know all the secrets. I mean, yeah, like, listen, some of these episodes haven't even, like, two have been recorded. By the time the season starts, it'll be like five. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like halfway, like, recording will be halfway done. And I mean, so it wouldn't be, it's not going to be the end of the world. There's still a whole other, set of people I have not even talked to yet. So this is a pipe dream. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the big thing is before I was doing things like week by week, I'd be like, hey, I'll record the artist and I'll wait till the week of the episode and then try to do it. And just for how the show the show works, like going in and editing everything and trying to like make sure like all the links for releases are right. And because it's something that like artists are using as promotional tools so you don't want to be the one to fuck that up and say like oh, oh i messed up a name or oh like like if something's confidential or we don't want to talk about it. like i don't want to be the guy who messes that up so it takes time to like be cognizant of stuff like that so the big thing for me is like that's why it was so important for me to get like everything i have in like starting tomorrow i'm gonna work on the next episode like i nice. in like i'm in boot camp right now until the fifth just to record as many people as possible and edit as many episodes as possible. Yeah, I mean, in in my in my earlier days when I was a little more on the ball about it, I, that was like a big part of getting my stuff ready. Was like I need to get like three or four episodes advanced. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've been like three or four episodes <laughs> in the can. It's like a, it's a different world. Hey, uh, I just want to ask you this real quick because uh, I, I got some music stuff I want to talk to you. We'll talk to you about Daft Punk in a second, but. Um, I happen to bring this up. It crosses over with music and podcasting. I wanted to catch your thoughts on this. Uh, did you see that President, uh, former President Obama and Bruce Springsteen are starting their own eight-episode podcast? You know what? I was actually watching the Spotify stream where that got announced. <laughs> and it seems like, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Spotify going in for the power play, like, there's like all that controversy about Bruce Springsteen a week ago. Yeah. Why? And I mean, I guess podcasting and DUIs don't correlate, but it's funny that there was like all that controversy there. And now it's like, hey, he's talking I, to a president. I would listen to anything Obama did as a podcast. I'm just shocked that he picked the one person that made me go, oh. <laughs> Didn't mean like I, uh, they're like, Obama's on a podcast. I'm like, yes. Who's he with? Springsteen. <sighs> Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, who would you, who would be like the perfect combo for you? Because I remember that there was an interview with Obama and Jesus mm. and Nero, and that was hilarious. I mean, it's probably, it would probably get too political, but I think it would just be Jon Stewart. Just oh. give me like the Barack Obama, Jon Stewart podcast every week, and I'll, I'll pay whatever they ask me for it. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. It's been amazing seeing him back on Twitter. Yeah, see, it, it just has. See, just seeing, like, hearing about him, like, I, still remember that pizza rant and yeah. i still quote it from time to time i still i still quote it's an above ground swing pool for rats in my <laughs> life 
Uh, well, the other one I saw is that like Mike Pence, uh, former president of Mike, Mike Pence, have podcast. And I was telling Kev this last week. I kind of, I kind of wasn't prepared for what is the inevitable future of all politicians moving to podcasts. I, I should have seen it coming, obviously. Like explain it like I'm five, like an idiot. Yeah. But but yeah, like this is what we're gonna get. Like now people are gonna start signing up for politics podcasts, and I can't compete with that anymore. I'm gonna have to figure out a new lane. My fellow Americans, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and smash that. But like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like AOC's on Twitch. You got people with podcasts. I mean, boy, I missed, I missed the Among Us thing. It's just a total side note. I missed the Among Us thing so hard. Really? I know people love it. Do you? Are you do you play? It's on my phone. <laughs> I, I, I haven't played it in a while. That's the, that's the um that's the conceit. I haven't played it in a while. I have been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. Mm. Yeah, you know what? That one seems to have a long shelf life. A couple of my high school kids when I was teaching would talk to me about uh, Dead by Daylight. You know, and I think it's an interesting point with the Among Us thing. Uh, I feel like a lot of times these games like hit for a minute and then kind of reach their cultural zenith or plateau. Like the one that I was playing on my on my PlayStation Four for a while was a game called Fall Guys. Remember Fall Guys? Yeah, yeah, I remember Fall Guys. That went. I don't like. It's nuts to see how quickly that fell off. Fell off hard. Well, I think it's because like again, like there was like all those issues about cheating. There were concerns about. I mean, like, did you ever win the crown? Do you ever win a crown? Same. And like, there's there's only so many times that can happen until you're like, fuck it, I'm done. You know what, though? I will say the closest I ever got, I made it to the final. I got to the, you had to jump up the mountain and grab the crown. And I'd never done it before. So I'm like, is there a, is there a trick to it? Do I just have to jump? And I just jumped and missed. And then I turned the game off and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to play something else. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like with like Elise Dead by Daylight, if I mess up, I'm like, that's my bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's like literally horror movie rules. If you mess up, like, it's your own fault. Have you, but, uh, have you gotten around to PlayStation 5 yet? Are you a PlayStation 5 or Oh, no. 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 I mean, because there's no game. Again, I'm, I feel like a broken record. There's no games for it. Like, there's, no. there's literally no point to own a PS5 until, like, next year. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm actually in the process where I'm rolling through. Um, I don't know if I talked to you about this. So my PlayStation, I talked about my PlayStation got stolen, I think, last time. A friend of mine from Rochester was moving and he was totally downsizing. He's like, that's it. I'm out. I'm downsizing everything. And he just gave me his old one. So I'm back in the PlayStation 4 game. Thanks to an anonymous Good Samaritan. Thanks a lot, boss. Uh, But I've been because of that, I've been kind of like going back and playing games I hadn't played in a while because it's been such a long time. And uh so if you do you you're a, are you a Xbox or PlayStation type person or PlayStation team PlayStation? Did you uh, have you played Control? I played a little bit of it because I had a um, PS Now, and yeah, I got I got into it, but I just like it just kind of fell off for me after a while. I finished it, but then immediately was done. <laughs> like I got to the end, I finished all the storyline. They're like, you got a couple of the things you could do, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, I feel like there's certain games where, I, I mean, I don't expect them to handhold me through it, but I feel like just the way they kind of drop you into that world, there's so much kind of like weird aesthetic things that happen that just they don't, they don't kind of ease you into it. It just kind of is like, 
this is the game. You're like, oh, oh, I don't get that, but okay. I, I, the aesthetics of the game and as much enjoyment as I had throwing stuff around with your brain, like you're playing uh, Half-Life 2, that was all fun. And that got me through the game. But other than that, I was like, this is neat. It's a very neat. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go back and play Horizon Zero Dawn. That's my last, that's the last one I played. And I really liked it. Might run that one more time before I decide to get a new system or something. I hear you. I mean, we've been talking about eventually, but not like not completely getting rid of the PS5, like doing a PS5, but a Switch. I think we're caving. Yeah. We're yeah. thinking about it. But the problem with like Nintendo is Nintendo never lowers, lowers their prices. No, my... And- you know, my nephew, that's all he plays. Like, they, he's, like, 12, who I was just out in Illinois. I was hanging out with him. And he doesn't seem to have an interest in a PlayStation 5 or uh, or an Xbox Series 1X, whatever they're called. Yeah. He's just, he's just playing Mario Kart, like, 8 still. <laughs> you know I mean? That's all he does all day is just kill Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this, because uh, it just happened today. It broke, yeah. broke today. 28 years. Um. Uh, the breakup of Daft Punk, one of my favorite bands. Uh, I have to admit, Kevin and I accidentally did like a 10 minute like bit that will air after this. So yeah. I'll leave my, I'll try and leave my personal stuff aside for a bit. But where, uh, where did you sort of stumble across Daft Punk in your, in your musical journey? I mean, I want to make a joke because I woke up at seven. I, I woke up to this. So it was like the best, the worst part of waking up is Daft Punk breaking up. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> For me, I mean, Daft Punk was huge. I mean, uh, I think one of the first few times I remember hearing Daft Punk was Daft Hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Daft Hands was like the first time I remember. But then you like keep hearing it. Like, I mean, you hear Stronger by Kanye and like both harder, like, and just like harder, better, faster, stronger and stronger. They kind of like popped off at the same time, especially like around that time because of the song. You know, we were just talking about that, too, because it, it's in the news with Kanye and, and Kim this week. Yeah. Like, you know, weird new, get your Kanye and Kim breakup, Daft Punk breakup. It just feels like a lot of bad vibes today when I was getting ready for this. Listen, it's chaos. But Daft Punk was in on a lot of, like, if you go back to, like, um, the Yeezus album, like, they're producing a lot of the stuff on that album. There's at least three tracks that they were on, so... That's kind of the thing that I always sort of respect, is that production as well as, like, what they did on their own. And then, I mean, there's that, and then there's just, like, working with The Weeknd, the Tron soundtrack, and I mean, when I scrolled through Twitter when it came up, like, it was just so many musicians, because, like, Daft Punk, I feel like, is one of those artists, they were one of those groups that, like, you thought would never break up. You're like, you kind of take them for granted. You're like, it's it's Daft Punk, they make cool shit, they're going to keep making cool shit. There were rumors that they were going to have an album this year. Yeah. And it's real, it's a shame. I, I saw you tweet this and I, I can't stop thinking about it afterwards. You're like, I'm never going to get to see Daft Punk now. Yeah. I, I'm, and I'm on the same boat. A lot of my buddies went to go see them. Shout out to uh, local uh, celebrity uh, DJ Thomas D on yep. Twitter. Because <laughs> he was just texting back and forth to me about it. Like he went to see them with a lot of my boys back in the day. I didn't go. And it's one of the great regrets of my music career. And now it's like, ah. This is like before Ben Folds 5 got back together. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many weird ones where they're like, okay, I'm not going to see these bands live. I remember, I feel like I mentioned this band every single fucking time I'm on the show. Fall Out Boy. When they went on hiatus, they are like, hey, okay, I guess I'm not going to see Fall Out Boy. Um, 
who's like who's on that list for you right now? I was calling them like Moby Dick bands, like white whale bands, like the bands you feel like you have to see before the time is up. Is there anyone left? Um, I mean, I feel like my chemical romance is a big one. I just even before the pandemic, I just don't think I was gonna see them because tickets are so fucking expensive and they sold out within like no one's no one's fucking business. So like they're one of those big bands that I would love, love, love to see in person. Have you ever done like a do you ever I mean now in the COVID times, who the fuck knows when we'll see him again? But did you ever get to do a festival in your times as a young man? Um, I did a baby festival. There was a Cayuga Sound, which is out in Ithaca. It was mm. ex-ambassadors. Um, they had Matt and Kim, Young the Giant. Um, there was a storm, so Young the Giant set got cut short. <laughs> um, but we did we did that. Um, it was during I think WPNR times. Brand is strong, wearing a shirt. Um, and it wasn't me, but Marissa was G like was station manager, and they were like, "Hey, can we get passes?" And I just bought the ticket. So. Yeah, I'm taking a picture. Yeah. I know. For everyone else, we don't know. Like, it's just suddenly quiet. But um, I'm taking a picture for the, the profile. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Well, my question is, you know, and because I was thinking about this too, like the first festival that happens in, like, let's call it, I don't know, let's call it 2022. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel I want because I went to see Bonnaroo in 2012, which is the only time I've ever done it. I was living in Brooklyn. And the only reason I went is because Radiohead was playing. And that was like one of my like white whale bands. I have to see these guys. Okay, I'll drive to Tennessee and pay whatever it was. Uh, and I, and I've, I'm trying to think, you know, there's not too many bands left. Like if Pavement ever came back around, I guess I would want to go see them. Yeah. I never saw Blink, but I guess from everything I've ever been told, Blink is kind of an up and down show anyway. Yeah, I went to go see Blink and that was, it was all right. It was Blink all the time low in a day to remember. And I mean... Was Tom in there, or was it just? It was um. Skiba. Skiba. It was Skiba. Yeah. Um, I do have a funny memory of that show, though. <laughs> so, I mean, I want you to guess how many people of color were at a Blink One Eighty Two show. So, what year is this? Um, <laughs> two thousand and like sixteen. Okay, so I would say more than when my buddies were going to see them in 2004, probably. Yeah. But uh, I would say, I don't know, 5%, 10%. So pretty small, to the point where I just didn't see anybody. Um, during the show, we were at kind of like, there, it's an amphitheater, so it was like, we were at like the general a, GA at the back. Yeah. And this guy was walking by, and it's just like, it was his girlfriend, and he walks by me, and he stops you know he's like he stops turns looks at me and we dap each other up and he walks away and everyone just looks at me and we're just like yeah that's i mean that's just kind of how it feels because you're just like yes i'm not alone <laughs> uh, well you know <laughs> that's like such a weird thing too like you know and i, I never you know it's hard to it's not exact certainly not the same thing yeah yeah <laughs> certainly not the same thing the closest thing i could always remember to this was when i was like 15 i was playing in like the pop punk era we were playing at like the melodic revolution and you know like hanging out with those kind of bands but me and my buddies were like into like sports and classic <laughs> rock and we yeah. got, and we were like wait like i was like I, I swear to god i walked into a show one time i was talking to one of the bands and i was like hey nobody knows who won the knicks game last night do they i might as well have been i might as well have been talking about like quantum physics yeah. <laughs> I was just like, no, but like the other thing I think about with that though is like, do you ever feel, do you feel like that was a detriment from you getting into that kind of music? 
do you feel like it stopped you from like a from making it accessible early on i mean no that didn't stop me at all what it did was there was a lot of weird conceptions about what music i liked or like what that meant Interesting. like i just didn't care so it was the music i liked um but like people would be like oh you're some rock i'm like what um I mean, I tell a story where someone thought like I was going to do a rap show when I first started at the radio station. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I like rap, but I was like, I mean, I listened to fucking like Tudor Cinema Club at, and like Passion Pit when I started at the station. I'm not going to do it. Like, I'll play rap, but like the show is like the sound of like what that was. And I mean, that's just, it's something I've consolidated because there's some people who kind of, especially in like that field, there's a huge, huge market for like people of color in like indie, like uh. alt rock, like active rock. Like there's there's so many people there. And especially in bands too, like bands, journalists. I'm actually in a group, uh, a Twitter group with a ton of like like journalists and writers and podcasters who are all people of color. And it's like a really cool thing to see, like, cause we we've all had those like shared experiences there where we just kind of like know what it's like where people kind of think oh it's like a white band you know what i mean yeah where they'll be like oh yeah it's a generally conceived like white interest you know what i mean well do you think that was because i always thought to myself like i went to proctor high school uh and again surrounded by a lot of hip-hop a lot of like 50 cent a lot of like like you know just in general rap music was around me and i think that even as just a white dude who went to Proctor when I would go to like see my girlfriend who was in New Hartford, people yeah. thought that it was weird that I would like roll up listening to like Ludacris or 50 Cent. And I was like, no, cause like I, everywhere I go, it would be around me at school. It was like the cultural thing to discuss like the new 50 Cent G unit. I'm really dating myself to like 2000. <laughs> uh, and it, <laughs> but that's even the thing, like, even at Proctor, I think people were like, oh, you're like a white dude who likes hip hop. Do you like Eminem? And I was like, yeah and i mean like in my high school that didn't happen because they're like i mean like my best friend one of my best friends listen like he he like had a huge and i mean like when i'm talking huge like fucking colossal love of bob dylan like that shit eclipsed the sun like that's how big is like that's how big like this man died at the altar of bob dylan um and he's a puerto rican guy like it's just like but the thing about it is, I mean, because it wasn't ever a situation where I felt like it was like people I went to school with saying like, oh, it's a white, like, like people, like, honestly, for the most part, people in my school didn't really care. Um, I mean, I remember going to like the show at the Barclays once and like one girl and like for Fall Boy. And I think, I th- have I told you that story? I, th- I, th- I think I have already. Well, if you, you can tell it again if you want. I'm sure our listeners would like to hear it. <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, I went to a show and they were like, and some girl turned to me and was like, uh, Jay-Z or Kendrick? And I'm like, I mean, I don't really care. I don't listen to rap that much. And she said, but you're black. Oof. And I'm like, eh? And then I ended up like, I don't know, Jay-Z, I guess. And I'm like, they're both good. I like <laughs> like. Why do I have to choose? And what? Yeah, like, I, why, why am I getting interrogated at the Fallout Boy show? Calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah i mean it's gotta be i mean you you almost have to have the ability to like let it roll off your shoulders i assume that would probably drive you nuts i mean yeah i it's interesting because i mean like i'm trying to think about it i think that you just kind of have to like know that like i'm it's not like i'm doing this for like i don't listen to the music or 
like the things I like because I want to be perceived white or differently. Right. I, I mean, I do it because I like it. So it's not even like, and so when I listen to that stuff, I mean, I don't care. That's not the reason I'm listening to it. And I mean, I've expanded and like, there's so many, there's like so many people that like are like me. There's so many, it's like, black hispanic like there's so like there's so many different nationalities who listen to all different types of genres especially like just like how you would listen to rap it's just just that same mentality i mean i think where it kind of gets weird is when you kind of fall into the territory where there's a genre that might be considered generally more historically one genre mm. and Maybe like country style music yeah <laughs> i mean because like we saw that those arguments with like like white rappers like Macklemore and G Easy, mm-hmm. I mean, and then you see it again with like Lil Nas X and Old Town Road. There's like, well, I mean, it's an interesting conversation there. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a longer conversation. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know, you look at like this whole Billboard thing. Like Morgan Whalen, you know, uses a racial epitaph, and now his song is at the top of the charts for six weeks in a row. Yep. What does that say about the audience? And then what does it mean for all the stars out there, like the Casey Musgraves of the world who are trying to like reform what country music is and all like the black young country artists who are coming up trying to reform the idea of country music. Now you have this like weird dividing line in what does country music mean and who is it for, which seems really, it seems really myopic when you tend to think and what, especially what you were talking about with the, the punk thing. I think what punk rock music, at least growing up for me, the appeal was it was sort of the mutual emotional feelings of like sadness and angst. And those are not racial. Those are universal. These feelings of like yeah. sadness and not belonging and feeling uncomfortable. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And, and I feel like just like you, you said with like the Casey Musgraves and like Morgan Wallen situation, I remember hearing about it and it's just, it was like ridiculous. Um, I didn't know who he was until Okay, honestly, I am. I watch this a YouTuber called Todd Michelle's who reviews pop music. Really great YouTube channel. I recommend it. And he did his top ten, and the only the first time I heard any song from this guy was it was his number one song. That was the first time I heard anything. So like, then that happened. Then two weeks later, hey, this the whole situation comes out. But I think there's a weird. There's always this weird combination of like, there's this weird debate, especially now. I don't know why of like old versus new. I mean, do you see? Have you been seeing like, the Twitter argument with like apparently Gen Z and millennials are beefing? Oh yeah, no, my this is my nieces keep telling me. My niece and nephew kept telling me. <laughs> they yeah, said, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I, like, I'm not gonna yell at them. Why am I gonna yell at a 16 year old for? Like, if they don't think I'm cool, I don't. They don't think I'm cool. I think the, the less cool 16 year olds think I am, the more cool I feel that I am. Right. Is that weird? Like, like if I'm not, I always say this to like my kids in high school and they're like, Oh, Mr. Sam, do you like, do you like anime? Do you like this thing that I like? Do you like these other things? And I'm like, no, but you should be happy because if I like them, it probably means that you're going to stop liking them real soon. Right. So you might as well, you don't want me to like any of these things. Well, I mean, I think it's fine. Like if like people like things, I just don't, like I, it, the big thing for me is if you like something, just l- like let that be the thing. No, yeah, live your truth. <laughs> yeah, there's so much gatekeeping now. Like, there's like there's like weird gatekeep. Like, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's like you haven't heard all the songs from this band. You haven't watched all the the movies in this thing. Like, there's so much gatekeep. Like, if you like this genre, you say you like this genre, like you haven't listened to these bands yet. There's so much gatekeeping that like makes it harder for like that genre or that thing to survive. 
and I mean, it's like, it's hard because it's weird. Um, you have like Arsene Machine Gun Kelly who are like, in like some cases are revitalizing, especially with that last album after getting dissed to the fucking sun by Eminem. Um, like made an album that funnily enough is like, re, like revitalizing the genre of like pop punk yeah. to a lot of people. I think it's interesting too because I, th- I think there's been some discussions if you look on the on the fringes of like Twitter on YouTube that a lot of like this SoundCloud rap this young rap scene has a lot of connection to the pop punk stuff we grew up it's yeah. just like the reinvention of it. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like that's like no matter what like there's the, the thing is before I think back then or not even back then I think bef- like what happened was there was so much like hey you listen to X. Like back then it was like, I listen to rock and that's it. Like I listen to rock and we're done. Or I listen to rock and rap and that's done. Or I listen to like whatever, or country and I'm done. Or I listen to anything but country. Like (laughs) those trademark people and I was one of them, but I think I still kind of am. Anyways. For the most part I am, yeah. But I think now there's less walls behind that. There's There's way less room to be the snobby, like I only listen to this and that's it. Like I don't sully my ears with Little Nas Who, um, <laughs> Roddy Rich, uh, the baby. What is this song? Goo Goo Gaga. Like like there's like those pretentious people who have their heads so stuck up their ass. And but like and that's the thing. That's not cool anymore. You know what I mean? That's not cool to be the pretentious guy who only listens to like one or two genres and isn't and like wants to stay in a sandbox. You know, and I think too when I was a younger man and I was in bands and I was like confrontive like i was you know you're because you're you're defensive back then my first inkling when i heard a song was to dislike it like immediately my like what is this to be skeptical of it and now as i think as i get you know as you get older you just like i like my first thought for almost any song is like oh okay let me yeah. let, let me hear it out a little bit see what's going on. <laughs> I, i'm the same I, I i do the same thing um this is a this is a fun little nugget for you uh did you hear the friday remix no, um, I heard about it. I haven't listened to it. Is it worth it? Um, so <laughs> you know about hyperpop, right? Okay, I've heard a little bit about this. Okay, you know a hundred gex, right? Mm-mm. Oh no, we need. To, I need to show you hundred gex. I need to show you a hundred gex. Okay, um, I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> um, like I need to know your opinion. So basically, take Mercer's Like Mercer's gonna be like that's wrong. But um, <laughs> take like hyper MySpace, like blood on the dance floor, chipmunk vocals. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up here on live on YouTube for our list. Oh yes, yes. I can pull up. So sorry about this. I don't. I'm not sponsored by Grand Canyon University for people who. But you can be. Don't don't completely toss the bag out. I see what's going on here. <laughs> oh. I'm going to pause that before I lose, uh, before I get hit with a copyright infringement. <laughs> the, one of the members in that band produced the Friday remix. So, <laughs> What you heard there is a little taste of what you'll hear on the Friday remix. And it's just fucking, I am a sucker to just kind of like, like things that might seem conventionally chaotic and like people don't like. 
and the Friday remix is one of them. <laughs> like I played it with me, Marissa, and Marissa was like, "Don't you ever fucking." She's like, "If you play that again, I'm breaking up with you." <laughs> Those were the words that came out of her mouth. And I mean, like, I just love, like, I, even the same thing in bad movies. I like, I want to watch something that's kind of bad to laugh at it, or just to be like, "Wow, that's fucking." And I, and I, do, like, I kind of like the Friday remix, so it's not even laughing in that case. It's more like, "Wow, that's like." you fucking went for it you know what i mean like it's like go for, like if you're gonna go for it don't like tiptoe around it fucking do it you know what i mean and speaking about not tiptoeing around it and just doing it of course season six of against the algorithm march 5th well episodes we're excited <laughs> uh well i want to thank you for uh for spending some time with us here today i i appreciate it because i have had I'm so punch drunk. I'm going to sleep for a hundred hours after this, after this trip I came on. Uh, just before I let you go, I figure I might as well ask anything you're particularly watching, listening, reading. You watching WandaVision? I have not watched WandaVision, but because I am nosy, it, I just watched all the recaps. So I know what's going on. <laughs> have I watched it any second of it besides like the Agatha song and like the, the um, vision yelling at Wanda scene? And the Pietro scene? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I, uh, sorry if I said spoilers, because I, I mean, I literally just said three major spoilers. So I'm going to get some some critique there. Oops. I'll just bleep the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's it's funny, though, because like, um, I feel like Marvel comics in general are kind of spoiler proof because any nerd like myself can go onto the internet and just look up all the theories and essentially find out who you think all these people are anyway. And then you'll always be disappointed. I, I think it's pretty good. But anything you guys been watching yourselves on your own? Hmm, I'm trying to think. The, um, circling back to kind of like weird, bad shows. I'm just, I'll mention one of those and I'll mention an actually cool one. Um, I've been watching a show called Name That Dude. Yes! <laughs> With yes! and Randy Jackson. Um, they have no chemistry. <laughs> they, they don't. It's like the weirdest combo ever. Like Randy what's randy doing there like he was only good for one section i mean get your bag get your money but like why is jana hosting like does she have anything to do with okay i'm glad i'm not the only one even checking it out um i primarily watch it because i want to be a fucking music nerd and see if i could guess before they do yes, yeah for sure that's like 90 percent. like literally 90 of the appeal is me and marissa sitting down and just saying Oh, it's that. Oh, it's that. Like, okay, got it. And like, we'll do, we literally watched an episode last night and did just that. It's literally 45 minutes of me doing the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme. And TV. That's all it is. It's just, yeah. especially, especially in the uh, beta tune or whatever it is called. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and it give you the hints. I'm like, oh yeah. It's like, what is it? There was a question where it was like, um, a good alternative to counting sheep. I'm like, it's counting stars by One Republic. I got it. I got it. And then you see their faces and I'm thinking I'm like, it's counting stars. I get real. I get super frustrated. Oh, no. Yeah, it's counting stars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't fuck up the name after doing that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's, what's the other one you're watching you said? Um, you're watching a good one as well as opposed to not a good I'm trying to think because we kind of watch a lot of things later at night. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Cause I didn't I didn't really have a, a thing in mind when I said a good one. Right. Uh, um, I'll tell you what though, it made me think of something you talking about the WandaVision thing. I have a friend who I used to do a podcast with years ago, and his whole bit, just just for a troll, 
he would wait until like a show got to the end and then watch it. He didn't watch any Breaking Bad and then just watch the last episode. <laughs> watch any Game of Thrones and then just watch the last episode. He just <laughs> likes to go right to the end. And I think he does it just to make people angry the same way that I'll open up a Kit Kat and bite right into it like a candy bar instead oh, of- you're one of those monsters? I like, I love the reaction of people. It makes me laugh. Ah, um- Like trolling. <laughs> Um, if there's one show I could actually mention, um, that's gonna be a weird one because I'm a huge fan of like I'm, I have friends, but um, a huge one for me is like I love animation, I love TV animation. So, a show that I would definitely recommend is the 2016 DuckTales reboot. Nice, nice. That show is, I know it sounds weird, but it's really good. Um, do you know who's in the cast? No, I've seen like. Reddit seems to really like the show. I see a lot of clips on Reddit. So let me let me start mentioning. I'll mention some names, and you'll see why. Um, Scrooge McDuck is literally the Doctor. David Tennant. Yep, I love it. Okay. Dewey is. <laughs> Dewey is Ben Schwartz. Okay, Sonic Sonic himself. Louie is Bobby Moynihan. Nice. Um, Huey is um Danny Pudi. I don't know if I know him. Uh, community of Abed. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Kate Micucci from Garfunkel and Oates is Webby. Nice. And Launchpad McQuack is is Beck Bennett from SNL. Excellent. I like all of those people. Exactly. So like, it's like a, a huge comedy cast, and it's just like um, did I you, saw. Did you do Harley Quinn? Um. Oh yes, Harley Quinn's amazing. I'm I ready. Love- I'm ready for another season of that. Too I was I was so nervous that I was going to get another season. I was so, so, so nervous. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I've kept you longer than I than I meant to. I really appreciate you spending some time with us, and I appreciate that you got six seasons in against the algorithm. Congratulations, brother. Thank you so much. I'm, glad, I'm always glad to hang out. I appreciate you, brother. I can't wait till this thing is over with. We'll go get a beer in real life one of these days. One day. One day when this is all over with, brother. <laughs> it sounds like a plan. Talk to you soon, boss. See ya. <laughs>feel a little bit like punch drunk and out of it um, kind of nice to have that have a day at home where like you could just be like ah. <laughs> i it's all even when you go on a trip even when you're staying in a nice place you know what i mean your sister's house i'm sure you had you know lovely bad lovely beautiful home, lovely room, all, this, all this different stuff it's not the same as being in yours it's just not the same it's always nice to get home and like reclaim your your very own space yeah and even by the time i got home last night Mm. I didn't do much reclaiming. I didn't even bring my stuff in until this morning. So yeah, yeah. I, all my stuff is. Well, that's it. When you get home kind of late at night, yeah, you come in and crash out. But now is like your first day yeah. to like sort of stretch out. Like when you go to bed tonight, you'll really be able to kind of appreciate like, ah, all right, we're home, getting a good night's sleep. Know, this is going to sound silly. I didn't bring this up in the first half, so I'm glad I brought it up now. Uh, there's an hour time change, which doesn't seem like much, but I forgot about it. Mm. So I got used to for I've been there for five days. I got used to like I reset my schedule, mm. and now I feel like I'm lost again. I feel like I've got this weird lost hour floating oh, around in point. my head.
Uh, well, it was tough. It was really gray this morning, too. I woke up, and it was a lot later than I thought it was, yeah. but I thought it was still, like, so, I thought it was, like, 5 in the morning because it was so dark out. Uh, well, yeah, the cat woke me up this morning pretty early. I bet. So. Uh, all right. So, by the way, shout-out again to Malikia, one of my favorites. Uh, happy that he's continuing the pod. Love what he's doing mm-hmm. out there against the algorithm. One of my favorites. All right. History lesson. I did, even though I didn't do it this morning, while I was on vacation, I did concoct one Large history lesson, so you only have one. Uh, it's another one of our Utica Legends series. Finally, it's back. First one was Roscoe Conkling. This week we have a new one, and it's one I'd never heard of, actually. Kevin, are you familiar with Arthur Bowen Davies? Mm, yes, I've heard that name. Mm. I can't really place it, but that name... Arthur Bowen Davies, Utica Legend, was born in Utica, New York, and was keenly interested in drawing when he was young. Fifteen, mm. he attended a large touring exhibition in his hometown of American landscape art, uh, he featured works by other such artists as George Innes and members of the Hudson River School. This show that Davies uh, attended had a profound effect on him, and after his family relocated to Chicago, he started studying at the Chicago Academic School for Design from 1879 to 1882. Briefly attended the Art Institute in Chicago before moving to New York City, where he studied at the Arts School League. Mm. Uh, he became one of the most important painters in the turn of the century uh, for, i got to find the name of the style here. He had this improvisa... Uh, imperv... Uh, imperv... Uh, why am I... I can't pronounce anything. Your brain is fried from the drive. Imp- You're all banged out. <laughs> uh, hang on, i got to find the term here. Where is it? I feel like your typeface on your notes is it's also... So it's so small. Because look at all... I mean, look at these paragraphs. Uh, in 1920, his works commanded very high prices as he was recognized... Speed spell. As one of the most respected and financially successful American painters of his time. Mm. He was prolific, consistent, and highly skilled. Art history texts routinely cited him as one of America's greatest artists. Mm. Uh, Davies was also the principal organizer of the legendary 1913 Armory Show in New York and was a member of, quote-unquote, The Eight, which was a Mm. group of partners who in 1908 uh, mounted a protest against the restrictive exhibition practices of the uh, powerful conservative National Academy of Design. Man, being an artist in this time feels like such a weird job, like an early 20s and like, the, you know, like, because what, I can't imagine what being a painter, shout out to any painters who want to chat me up for like what your life. Tim Rand on the podcast sometimes. Tim Rand? Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of painting. He runs this whole studio out there. He's a good guy. I did some things with him back in the community some years yeah. ago. But it's, it, he makes his life as a painter, but I couldn't imagine. Cause, like, like my whole shit is I'm just painting and then just selling be- my paintings all day. And I hope somebody wants it, right? Well, like, it's crazy because people who are real paint like paintings are expensive. Like, super friends expensive. Friends that are artists and painters, that like your costs a lot of money to buy paintings. Uh, so a couple of interesting things about Davies, though, on the other side of this, uh, he was married, but uh, his wife and him did not have a conventional marriage. Aside from the fact that he he was a big philanderer, uh, when he died, his wife Virginia discovered that he had kept a whole second life with a common law wife. So he had a whole secret. Second life on the side that his original wife didn't find out until after he had died. Mm. That's a real, it's a real punch in the gut. I feel like, yeah, you're already having a tough time. <laughs> uh, an urbane man with a formal do, uh, demeanor, Arthur B. Davies was famously uh, diffident and retiring. I don't even know what that means. Uh, he was rarely invited. He rarely invited anyone to his art studio, and later in life, he would go out of his way to avoid old friends and acquaintances. Uh, the reason for his reticence became known after his sudden death when he was vacationing in Italy. Again, his common-law wives and children, so he didn't want people to know too much about his life. Right. Yeah. But there you go. Interesting, controversial, important. Arthur Bowen Davies, 
a Utica legend. A historical Utica legend. Historical Utica legend. Huh. Yeah. So there you go. I uh, have to find somebody. I was trying not to do somebody who was like a war guy because I feel like Utica's got a lot of like sergeants and war folks yeah, and yeah. government type guys. I'm looking for somebody a little bit different. Something a little different. I might have a lead for you. You got a lead for me? Finish taping. Yeah. <laughs> Utica legend. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's blast through some of the, the lighter stuff for the week. Uh, all right. Here's a good one today. Uh, by the time you folks hear this, it'll already have happened. But the first ever rover landing video from Mars is about to come to Earth. At 2 p.m. Eastern Time, NASA will unveil. Uh, unveil video. <laughs> unveil. Un- I do love to unveil. Unveil a uh, video of the Perseverance rover as it landed on Mars as seen from the rover mm. itself. You can watch the events live at space.com, courtesy of NASA.tv. Cool shit. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's... it's I- you know, I've seen a lot of stuff this week where I've seen, like, some real, real good comparisons, I think, like, on Twitter, in, like, in two directions with the Mars rover landing, which yeah, I think yeah. is amazing, so I'm a big space guy, you know, I'm oh, yeah. into it. Um, it's crazy in the same week that we can land on Mars with full HD video and audio that we also can't put power in one of the most populous states in the nation because of a couple inches of snow. Um, and it's also crazy that at the same time that people can be on the internet being like, wow, we landed on Mars, this is amazing, this is so inspirational, they can look at, like, vaccines and masks and stuff, and they're like, these fucking scientists don't know a damn thing about anything, and it's all a scam, and it's like, oh, yeah. just crazy, like, all these things can exist and mean the same things at the same time. Is, we landed a rover on Mars the new we put a man on the moon for our parents? We put no. a man on the moon, but we can't. It's not close. Not close. It's a rover. You got, you got, it would have to be a man. A man, I Yeah, suppose. it's a machine. Uh, the other one, and here's, I, actually, I gotta share one with you that I saw, which has gotta be the worst take of the week, okay? Mm. They posted pictures, or somebody posted pictures of the people at NASA celebrating when the rover landed successfully, Yeah. right? Like, you'd see in any sort of space movie, Apollo 13, mm-hmm. any movie that has any space landing, people are like, yeah, we did it! And I saw some clowns on Twitter being like, if you were so confident it was gonna work, why would you be cheering when you landed it? I was like... It's on Mars, bro. There's so many things that could go wrong. Even if you do it all right, what are you talking about? Tom Brady, pretty confident. <laughs> pretty confident when he walked out to play that Super Bowl. When they won, he celebrated. Celebratory, yeah. Keep it walking. <laughs> Wild. Oh, did you know what I like to talk about? Have you seen the Snow Truthers? Oh my God, no. Please tell me. This okay. sounds amazing. So this it. is so there is, there's a whole subset of those whom you would expect... Uh, in Texas, doing things like they're, they're like grabbing a snowball and holding a lighter up to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, And they're yeah, like, yeah. look at this. It's turning black. It's not melting because they don't understand anything about, like, seventh grade, like, evaporation, <laughs> sublimation, thermodynamics, like, seventh grade science stuff. And not realizing, like, it's just, yeah, of course what? the... My brother-in-law, were t- my brother-in-law and I were talking about this because he yeah, saw yeah. it, too. And, uh... These people are going nuts. I'm telling. Go watch the video because we already knew about this. We watched that video a week ago. We were like, "Can you melt your driver with a flamethrower?" No, you can't. It mm-hmm. does the same thing. There's a chemical reaction for. It. I knew this already. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love that people are like just now figuring well, this out. Like, and there's nobody like when you're a little kid like mess around. You got a lighter and like hold it up to like yeah. some snow. And, you know what I mean? When you're out and about, um, it's just. I think people assume that like when you. When fire gets near something, the snow will just melt 
immediately and dissipate and be gone, right? It's like just it's kind, uh, it's kind of hilarious because really all it is like when I've seen the videos online of all these people like going nuts saying there's conspiracy. I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is you've seen snow for the first time, snow for the first time, and you didn't really understand what snow was and it doesn't behave exactly like you think it would. So it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I imagine the I I, I, I some person who's smarter than me could figure it out. I imagine if you hit snow with high blasts of heat, it turns into ice. Would be, would be my immediate yeah. thought, right? That's my first. Well, because we know. <laughs> my first. Again, scientists, please come tell me that. Because right we've or experienced wrong. it. Because like, I mean, look at the you know, like driveway. Look at the icicles on the house. All that kind yeah. of stuff. Like that's all. These people are just seeing snow for the first time, and it's blowing their minds. Yeah. Oh, uh, sad news today in the music world on a couple fronts. One, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have filed for divorce after seven years of marriage. Uh, sources say though, it's amicable. Yeah. Apparently, Kim is getting a law degree, trying to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Good for her, being a lawyer. I guess I'm I, maybe I'm being uh, judging a book by its cover. I, I never would have assumed that she was into law, so that's kind of interesting. I'm not somebody who rides the uh, Kardashian like hate train, like yeah. oh, I hate the Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. You know, these people have made made a lot of money, done a lot of things, been involved in a lot of things. The situation, from what I know, with the two of them, seems like that it was pretty tumultuous. Make uh, you worried for Kanye. Guy who seems to have, like, some bipolar stuff going on. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, always, always worried for somebody like that. You know, hopefully it's uh, on the track of living a a better, saner existence. I don't think it helps him to be in such a high-profile marriage with, like, the TV show and everything comes along with being in this kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know what's weird? I guess maybe it's just the time dilation. Seven years felt like it was short when I heard them say seven years. I guess they've probably been... They've been around each other longer. I feel like they've been married for a longer time than that, I guess is yeah, what I'm saying. I, maybe fair. it's just, uh, maybe they'd known each other longer than that, or he'd yeah, been I'm on sure the show, or whatever. Yeah, dating period. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Did feel like one of those, like, iconic uh, rock and roll couples, though. You know what I mean? I guess true. not rock and roll, hip-hop couple, whatever, yeah, music couples, we'll right? Anyone who saw the Yeezus tour knows that this man plays rock and roll. Uh, this, however, while sad, is not the saddest breakup of the week this is breaking news from today and i'm really disappointed after after 28 years together oh wow legendary dance rock duo one of my favorite bands of all time daft punk is calling it quits Mm. 28 years after forming uh in paris parisian duo this is from pitchfork.com which is the first time i've been on pitchfork.com in like five years Mm. uh the parisian duo responsible one day at a time one day at a time (laughs) uh responsible for some of the most popular dance and pop songs ever made split Broke the news with a eight-minute video titled Epilogue, uh, excerpt from their 2006 film Electroma. Mm. Um, I mean... Please tell me it was just like the guy from Kraftwerk talking over a synth beat for eight minutes. Thomas Bangalter and Mm. Guy Manuel de Cristo. what a name, Mm -hmm. uh, formed Daft Punk in Paris in 1993. Uh, helping to define the French style of house music. Debut album 1997's Homework was a dance music landmark featuring classic singles Around the World and Da Funk. Daft Punk, definitely one of those bands, if you don't think you know any Daft Punk songs, you uh, besides like uh, what was Get Lucky, Get Lucky if you think yeah. you don't know any songs besides that one, you definitely do. Uh, the release of their follow-up, 2001's Discovery, took them to a higher level that had one more time, harder, better, faster, stronger, big, mm-hmm. giant, Global superstars. Uh, I would say Random Access Memory is one of my top ten front-to-back albums ever written. Like, uh, to sit down and listen to a full album from start to end. That's a good one. I would put it high on my list. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just like everything about it. Um, 
we'll, we'll t- I'll talk more about that when we get to the, uh, the playlist for this week. Um, mm. Yeah, Daft Punk earned three Grammys, including Album of the Year for Random Access Memory. Very sad. for I mean, not sad. Sad for me. You know, I won't get any more Daft Punk music. Never get to see them live, which was a take that Malik had earlier today. Mm, uh, yeah. Real downer, They're right? Definitely a white whale band. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your? You have a particular Daft Punk song that you like the most, or album, or sound? Anything that um, comes I've to mind? I've got a bunch of them. I like I like Discovery a lot. Um, Random Access Memories is amazing. I really like the Alive 2007 album. Oh, yeah. A lot of times oh, when I'm man. driving around and I want to listen to some Daft Punk, I'll put on that Alive 2007 album. The opening with the robot rock. We're doing, oh, like, yeah. the human robot, and everything <laughs> drops in. And then later on, um, I think they do Around the World with Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, and yeah. it's absolutely killer, and you'll probably find that on the playlist this week. Well, you know, I think you, you have to, and it goes back to the Kanye thing. I, I I beg to say that Kanye had a bit of an effect on them, too, right? Mm. Taking the song Stronger and taking that beat, I think for a lot of people who didn't already listen to Daft Punk might have been an inlay into oh, their, huge. do you know what huge, I mean? Like, huge, yeah. So I, I, in a weird way, I didn't mean to put these two things back to back to each other, but there, I feel like there is some sort of overlap here yeah, between Kanye and Daft Punk. Anyway, uh, also they were credited with co-production on several uh, several tracks from Kanye's Yeezus album, including uh, On Sight, Black Skinhead, and I Am a God, all three of which they had production credits on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also went on to collaborate with The Weeknd on 2016 single Starboy, uh, as well as I Feel It Coming. Uh, that was Daft Punk's first Billboard singles chart topper, was the mm. track Starboy with The Weeknd. So you pay attention for the next 12 months, see who pops up doing production with some pop stars, and you'll know which guy broke up Daft Punk because he wanted to make more money. That's a great point. You'll know. That's when you see point. one of these guys jump out, it's like when you're like watching the streets, like in Sopranos of the Wire, it's like when you see who jumps out going after the money, you'll know who it was. <laughs> you know, and I gotta say... I don't want to. I don't want to spend a nine and a half hours here on Daft Punk. No, I think we should. I'll re-record the show. We'll do all Daft Punk and put all Daft Punk <laughs> on the playlist this week. Uh, you know, when I was when when Adam Goldstein, shout out to Adam Goldstein and I were playing together in New York, and the band that we were working with, Strange Light, uh, mm. the third guy in the band, kind of left. He didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it was just me and him. And one of the things that we talked about was let's just let's not bring anybody else in, just you and me. Let's do the Daft Punk thing. We'll mm-hmm. make like soundtrack music. We'll make digital music. We'll do just yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. weird stuff. And that was directly because we were like, we didn't trust anybody else at that point in time to do it for us. And yeah, yeah. we looked at like these Daft Punk guys. Like these guys do whatever they want. And There's they something can... we said too. I think when you're joining other musicians, where you've got to get like, you got to get acquainted musically. Yeah, and it takes time, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Definitely like one of the all-time like two man <sighs> two man groups. Yeah, uh, I definitely put one one Daft Punk song on here, and I tried. We could do. Do you want to do a whole Daft Punk thing? Yeah, yeah I do. All right, we'll just do all Daft Punk. Yep, all Daft Punk this week on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> all Daft Punk, I love it. All right, so we'll do that. Uh, maybe Daft Punk is playing at my house by LCD Sound maybe, System. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one of these Kanye. That seems tracks. fitting. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe uh, one of the Kanye tracks. Yeah, we'll we'll do like a, a list of stuff here. All right, that's good. Uh, let's do some other light news this week before we head out. Well, this one's not really light news, uh, necessarily. UK Supreme Court earlier this week, and in sort of a what might be a landmark case going forward, have argued that app-based drivers are self-employed and therefore not entitled to such benefits. Uh, but the, uh, well, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Uber drivers in the UK are entitled to work benefits such as minimum wage and holiday pay now uh-huh. because of what the Supreme Court says. The court rejected the gig economy uh, company's argument that it serves as an intermediary party between drivers and passengers. 
And I wonder what kind of effect this has going forward on the U.S. market. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's like strong arguments both sides for gig economy or not. Mm. But I this is probably going to be important going forward as something that they're going to hold up when people look at it in other countries. Good. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Boots to the neck on all these tech companies taking advantage of people. You know, all the all the DoorDash, all the, the Uber, all these folks. Yep. Absolutely. I'd love to see it. Yeah. And I wonder if this is like the first domino to go down, this UK Supreme Court case going for it. So... U.S. Uh, independent contractor rules are in flux anyway because of it. Uh, so, again, I'm sure this is not the last we'll hear about this case. Mm. I just wanted to bring that up today. Uh, and then I got to talk about this. This has sort of made the rounds this week. Have you seen people on the internet talking about the Arby's Meat Mountain sandwich this no. week? No. So, apparently, the Arby's Meat Mountain sandwich is like a hidden item on the menu. You have to ask for it when you go in. It's not available it costs ten dollars it is the biggest sandwich arby's has ever sold uh it is okay you ready for this two chicken tenders turkey ham corned beef brisket angus steak roast beef pepper bacon cheddar swiss cheese on all on one burger i'll try and show you the picture of it that's the picture of what it looks like Jeez louise uh, apparently it's made the rounds this week because somebody actually ordered it and posted the pictures on Twitter and it looks disgusting. That's, yeah, that's, ugh. I mean, I can't imagine how anything with this many layers, and folks, you can just find, there's like a picture floating around on all over the internet. Just type in Arby's Meat Mountain and you'll see it. I can't, it doesn't even look appealing when it's stacked in a presentable when manner. it's stacked for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a good rule of thumb whenever you go to any restaurant. If the item in the market doesn't look good in the picture, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna look worse once it's in real life. Mm. You ever order anything off like a secret? I'd feel like an asshole if no, I walked what? up to some place yeah, like, no, I'm not. Give me the ten dollar meat mountain. Sounds kind of dirty. Too immersed okay? in the culture. Like if you know about secret menus at fast food places, it's it's t- reach out to somebody. Yeah, at the time is because come. it's too much. Uh, and what I'm thinking is hoping. Maybe I gotta kind of. I'm working on the name. I'm workshopping it. I'm mm. hoping this is gonna be a recurring segment. I'm calling it "Is This Our King?" It's just a segment where I talk about Stephen King every week about something. Mm. I don't know. We got okay. me. Fine by me. Uh, I like yeah. Stephen King. So uh, this week it was announced that Edgar Wright uh, is going to direct Stephen King's The Running Man at Paramount Pictures. Uh, Edgar Wright famous. Is that the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Yes, it's a okay. remake of the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, futuristic novel by Stephen King that was first published under his pseudonym Richard Bachman. It won't be a remake of the 1987 film. Uh, it will be much more faithful to the novel, uh, says uh, Edgar Wright. So says everybody who remakes any Stephen King book ever. <laughs> and they lie, Sam, they lie. <laughs> oh, boy, did they. Uh, we, did we ever talk about how much we disliked uh, Dr. Sleep on here? Uh, slow down with the we. You really, really dislike Doctor Sleep. I thought Doctor Sleep was all right. Mm. All the Shining stuff at the end really mm. sort of clunked it for me, but I thought the rest of it was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I know. Mm. I don't know. I, I will say I, but again, I like the original Running Man. I think it's real corny in the way that like RoboCop is. Yeah. The way that you like mm. you dislike RoboCop and I like it, but uh, I do think that that movie would be an interesting adaptation today. I do like Edgar Wright. For folks who don't know Edgar Wright, famously he did uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz, World's End, Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver. Uh, so a lot of movies I like. I, I like. Do, I do like, I you know, we've talked about it a lot probably with Stephen King adaptations and stuff like that. I, 
I'm always more optimistic when somebody's taking a swing at a smaller Stephen King property. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm a lot less dubious about this than I would be if somebody's like, oh, we're doing, you know, I, we're, we're doing the Salem's Lot movie, finally. I'd be like, mm, are you? Are we got, you know what we got to watch? You want to talk about hating on adaptations? You got to watch the new Pet Cemetery. I'm, I'd like to watch. It's terrible. I'm intrigued by a bad Stephen King adaptation. That's the thing. Yeah. The reason that I didn't like Dr. Sleep is because I really liked the book mm-hmm. against a lot of people's judgment on that book. Like, I mm. find it entertaining, so I think I was just particularly you, disappointed. You got done dirty. I feel like I was particularly... It was like they were singling me out. you took that out. personally. And I took that personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. So, uh, this apparently is becoming a top priority pick for Paramount. Mm. Uh, and the novel, which King published in 1982, uh, still feels, quote-unquote prescient in the current collision between pop culture and politics uh i mean that that makes me nervous <laughs> that yeah. particular quote from some guy at paramount that's but exact speak. that's exact talk yeah uh i do sort of i mean we've talked about it before i would like them to do an updated version of night uh, graveyard shift the one with the rats yeah i think it's a cool story yeah. i and it's real basic you don't have to like add a ton of stuff to it it doesn't have to be three hours long like mm. i like it's a good, nice middle ground in terms of length. I think you'd be... The, you would think... I, I wish somebody like Netflix or Hulu would commit to it a little more. I mean, Hulu did Castle Rock, which I thought was good. Yeah. I thought Castle Rock was really good, especially that second season where they get into the Annie Wilkes stuff is great. Uh, shout out to Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, and also Netflix, I thought they did a. Pr- I thought they did a really, really good job with Gerald's Game. Gerald's which is a Game. tough book. I didn't know how they were going to get that. I've heard 1922 was good as well. I haven't watched that, but that's from Full Dark, No Stars. Somebody like that, like if Netflix could commit to, yeah, we're going to make these 90-minute adaptations of short stories and smaller books, I don't know if there's a market for it, but I know I would watch, which is, at the end of the day, I don't care about ratings, demographics, none of that garbage. If I want to watch, I want to watch it. Uh, all right, so let me see here. I have one mailbag question for us before we head out. Uh, and this one's probably tough. It's been a while. Uh, what's the m- worst middle-slash-high school class? Let's rule out any bullying or humiliation, so, like, not P.E. or gym or, 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 like, lunch, and go by sheer awfulness of the subject matter. What was the worst high school course? Mm. Tough question. If you ask my kids at school when I would interview them, Mm. they would say history. They're all bored by history, Mm. which makes me upset, but I feel like when I'm doing my... History was like a... A dream. Resort. Yeah, yeah. a resort pair. That in English. English and history. Lovely. You know what I mean? I felt like I was sitting out there at Oxford University in oh, beautiful time. I mean, for me, it was probably chemistry. I was going to say chemistry as well. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by chemistry. I wish I understood it, but I think in terms of me being able to actually comprehend the stuff and do the work, I struggled the most in it. Anytime yes. I have to do a lab book, I think there's a problem. Mm. Physics as well was close, but... At least with physics, I can understand the mechanics of how life works. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gra- gravity makes sense to physics, me. Like, phys- physics is a little more applicable. Yeah, it's like geometry. I'm good at geometry, but I'm bad at other math because geometry, I, I have good spatial awareness. I think I can understand yeah. shapes and corners and stuff, but I can't understand, like, uh, when you exchange numbers for letters. Fuck that. <laughs> chemistry chemistry was tough for me because we had, at my high school at Notre Dame, we had, our chemistry teacher was... Uh, her name was Miss McDonough, mm. and she was very, very, very old, like very old, even back then. I see. 
And Miss McDonough was, she was a great teacher, but she was really, she would breeze right through it and you would have to stick right with her. And it was hard as somebody who didn't grasp it quickly to kind of stay with it. Um, she was a great lady and she was really helpful, but she was also like, the, anybody who went to Notre Dame during the time knows that she was like the chief hallway enforcer as well. You see Miss <laughs> McDonough come and you run because she was old and she did not take one ounce of chip from any of us dumb little kids but i found chemistry to be very very hard to hang with i felt like once i started taking it like i was immediately kind of underwater i yeah. could never really keep my head back above water i think that was yeah. i had to retake the regents on chemistry i think uh to this day shout out to um richard glenzo uh who is the who's the chemist ap physics teacher even at proctor now one of my favorite teachers of all time one of the man who set me on the path to being a teacher when I was afraid that I didn't want to do it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. One of the greatest guys ever. And he was so mad at me for this in high school. Um, it was my second year doing AP physics because I got like a D the first year and I wanted to retake it, right? Mm -hmm. So I did it again and we got to the Regents and I did the first the first half of the Regents, right? Where it's, mm -hmm. you know, filling multiple choice. And, and we get to the second half and I looked at the questions and I said, nope. Mm -hmm. And I put my head down, and I went to sleep for two hours, and I walked out, and I said, "I yeah, I blew it. And he was so mad at me. I bet. He was pissed. I bet. And, and I didn't understand because I was a stupid kid at the time. I was like, oh, what's the big deal? I was going to fail it anyway. He's like, you don't know that. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, you still got to try. But, like, you know, one of the – but, yeah, that that's where I was with chemistry by the time mm -hmm. I got to my senior year in high school. But shout out to Rich Clenzo, one of the best guys ever. Still one of the best guys ever. Good man. Uh, all right, so that's that's it. I I had a whole bunch of songs that had to do with Chicago that I will just save for next week. I'll push mm -hmm. them to next week. But I will say, when I initially only had one Daft, song, Daft Punk song to pick, mm -hmm. which seemed outrageous now in hindsight to define mm -hmm. their whole career, I chose Contact off Random Access Memories, which is the mm -hmm. closing song. There you go. Uh, but we'll do more than that. I'll try and skip a couple, hit a couple more albums and some other stuff. Oh, song. yeah. Uh, any particular Daft Punk song you know you're going to put on? Um, I will probably put at least one of those two tracks I mentioned earlier from Alive 2007. Yep. Yep. Um, I will definitely put um, Give Life Back to Music yep. on there. Yep. Yep. Um, Classic. I'm definitely going to put Giorgio, Moroder, Giorgio by Moroder on there. Yep. For sure. That's going on. Yeah, I'll probably throw on uh, Something About Us. Mm, mm, good stuff. Make sure we get, make sure I hit some ones further back in the catalog, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then I, mean, I guess well, I guess I'll try and put one Kanye one on there, maybe. Maybe one of those, maybe. See how it goes. <laughs> all right, uh, shout out again to uh, Malik Gale. Thanks a lot. Check out uh, against the algorithm on all platforms. You also follow him on Twitter at ata underscore pod. Thank you once again to him. Uh, apologies as always to Heather Wise. Miss you. Love you. Hope you're doing great. Uh, that's it. You can follow the show on all platforms. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, I say already. I said that one. You did. And I say Facebook. You can just go to Uticast.com. Anywhere uh, you can find stuff, yeah. we're out there. Yeah, Uticast.com is a good one. Go there. Uh, also, again, check out Handshake.City. Remember, keep supporting the Be uh, Neighbor Fund. Uh, continues going on. Uh, Etsy. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan on Twitter. You can follow me at SF Doom or just follow the show at Uticast. Uh, that's it. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. I personally am desperately, desperately out of time. I hope I hope that the listeners have respect for you. This is like like that episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to make it with no gas in the tank. Yeah. It's like we just yeah. gotta hang on. 
We just gotta hang on and make it. And there's pieces breaking off. Did you see that plane where the engine caught oh, on fire? We didn't even talk about the plane. I did. <laughs> How terrifying! I would have assumed that would be it for me. I would have right, had a heart yeah. attack. I feel like I genuinely would have had a heart attack and died on the plane. Yeah, or something. Ooh, the tape machines are rolling. We are desperate. Turn out of them time. off. We will see you next week for another episode of the Unicast. Take care, humanoids. Be safe out there.